And what a great track from The Moments and the Whatnoughts. That was uh, on everybody's radio back in the 70s. That's Girls, written by tonight's studio guest, Venus Dodson. Venus, welcome to England. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be with you this evening. Excellent. I mean, that was a massive track. Uh, uh, definitely in the UK. I can't vouch for the, the rest of the world, but um, it was, uh, you know, now you have early childhood memories. I would have been about six then, I think. But I can remember sitting in the kitchen Thanks. watching my mum. Sorry. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, well, no, no, but uh, just certain things stand out because as you get, as you get further away from you, you know, um, your memory fades and that's just one of the tracks that always brings me a warm glow of uh, me mum in the kitchen and I'd sort of like be helping peel potatoes or something like that and that on the radio what a great great record and you wrote that yes oh I'm so glad that that you feel that way about it it's homey for you it brings back good memories yeah. yes girls that was an interesting time I was working with Joe and Sylvia Robinson mm-hmm. there at their studio for, platinum yeah and uh doing a lot of background singing there. And um, one of the things Al Goodman said to me, and I was in my 20s, early 20s, and he said, you know, singing is wonderful. Being a vocalist is great. But writing is equally as good. And if you want to make a living in this business, learn to write music. Right. Get into writing. And that's how I wound up on that. He came to me um, one evening in the studio. He said, I need some lyrics. And this is what we've got, and this is the title. Yeah. And uh, show us what you can do with it. Fantastic. And I did. Mm-hmm. So, and all I had to think about was Harry Ray <laughs> backstage every gig. Girls, I like them short. I like them tall. <laughs> yeah. That was Harry. All right. You like girls. <laughs> Fantastic. Who doesn't? So, um, uh, but I mean, how um, how did you get into songwriting? Is it something you've always done as a child? Yes. Um. I had a wonderful aunt named Aunt Reba, mm-hmm. and she had an organ in her house. Right. And as a little girl, I would go around there two or three times a week and bang out on that organ and make up songs yeah. repetitiously, uh-huh. but make them up nevertheless. And that's kind of how I started. Fantastic. So um, you, you left high school and got a job as a singer with um, All Platinum, as you say, Sylvia Robinson's uh, company. Um, and you stayed with them for uh, quite a while, writing songs for the moments and the whatnots, and uh, also Eleanor Mills. You wrote uh, yes. Fascinating, Devastating Man. Yes, I did. And so, taken from the 1974 LP, this is Eleanor Mills, a track written by Venus Dodson, Fascinating, Devastating Man. They say life has its ups and So what, what was life like? Because All Platinum at the time was quite a small label, uh, but it must have been a vibrant label in New Jersey. It was putting lots of great stuff out. I mean, um, Stang was a sub-label. Linda Jones. It must have been a wonderful time to be around. Yes, it was. You've certainly done your homework. Uh, yes, it was. It was uh, very exciting. And especially for someone as young as I was, you know, to, um, and of course I was listening to the moment. So they are now to beat in the place with the moment mm. actually working with them that was just a dream yeah come absolutely true. and um very exciting and you know the 
sometimes the band and I, you know, after things were done, we'd just go down in the band room and we'd just start playing and singing. I wrote quite a few little songs uh, that never got out of there, but we made them up. We just, we did music 24-7. Wow. But when it's, and it was just exciting. Yeah, I was going to say, yes, when, when yes. it's a passion, when it's a passion, it's not work, is it? No, it's not. Not at all. Not at all. Um, for me, music is a chance to touch the face of God. We're given a gift. Yeah. And when you have an opportunity to really do that gift with the kind of passion that you're talking about, it takes on a very spiritual Mm-hmm. Very high meaning in your life. Oh yeah, yeah, I believe that because music to me is not something that you listen to; it's something that you feel. It takes you places, and it's got the power to sort of uh, change moods and transport you to memories, as I was saying earlier. So yeah, it definitely and, is a very spiritual experience. And and that's our job. You know, we never thought about being stars. Somehow, I don't know what has changed with young people or transpired with the thinking uh, with regard to music, but. We just wanted to make really good music mm-hmm. because we kind of understood that just what you said, you know, it opens doors in your subconscious. When you hear it, the, whatever happened that day that was made you unhappy, or it's supposed to lift you up. It's supposed to take you someplace pleasant, someplace peaceful, where you can step out, get a rest, and then you come back into life and, you know deal with it again. But that, that's the point of music. You know, in traditional music outside of the United States and um, um, cultures that are, um, how can I say, well, let me put this, that aren't so technological, say mm-hmm. Africa, yeah. Brazil, South America, yeah. they deal with music in an entirely different way. Right. It's, it's uh, not about commercialism. It, it's about just what you said. It's about the feeling. It's mm. about what it does for your spiritual self, for your humanity. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, I think we've we've rather lost something, haven't we, since it's become so commercialized. Uh, we've rather lost the essence of music. But, uh, yes, and it's become cookie cutter. Yeah. Because yeah. now they want to be a star, so they imitate the person mm-hmm. that is making the money in their genre at that time. And we really didn't do that. We really thought about being unique. We wanted to be different. We didn't want to sound like anybody else. Well, that's that's so. right, because, um, I mean, talking about unique and different, you were at the forefront of disco, weren't you? The advent of disco. Tell me about that. Tell me yes. about how you met Patrick Adams. Yes, I was just getting ready to say, and that was through Patrick Adams. Um, I think I was doing something for somebody else. You know, kind of did a lot of stuff in between. I did a song called Shoot Me With Your Love. And and somehow all up in there, I was introduced to Patrick. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, he was he was really sailing at that time. He, he was becoming incredibly popular. And he was just doing things with all of the labels. And so that introduction uh, really worked out for me. And I had a chance to be a part of his production company. Mm. And in being part of the production company, then I was included, as were the other people in the production company, in all the projects that he did. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he even did Christmas albums. He did, he did everything. And uh, he was wonderful. At, he's, he's an incredible, incredible producer and writer. And musician. Didn't he play all his own instruments? Oh, yes. Yes, he did. Fantastic. He did, Fantastic. definitely. Yeah. Well... One such Patrick Adams project was a band called Freak, and here you are on lead vocals on Everybody Loves a Good Thing. 
great stuff because uh, I say he was at the forefront or um, his uh, you became part of the Patrick Adams uh, collective didn't you or the PA system yeah. as they were known alongside yes, um, alongside uh, Donna McGee Jocelyn Brown Luther Vandross oh yeah Stan yes, Lucas definitely Leroy Burgess fantastic that must have been great I mean you were uh, um I, th- I think I'm right in saying there were no, there was a lot of Patrick Adams output. I'm talking Universal Robot Band, Caress, Daybreak, um, oh I don't know, Sign that we just heard, and uh, Happier is the only way. Great track, but and Freak, of course. Weeks and, yeah, Weeks and Company. He did quite a few. Uh, um, he had different groups that he worked with. It, it was a menagerie. It was wonderful. Mm. The KGs. Um, well, that's the thing, um, but you, you weren't actually, one, but you weren't actually a group, were you? It was uh, you were all individual musicians that you brought together and then cut some tracks and put it out as right. This album, I've got twelve. I'll call this freak yes, or music. Exactly. Or, yeah, exactly. But that must have been great it because was you must have incredible to be in the studio and working with other musicians um, that were just so talented. We kind of spurred each other on, so to speak. Great, lovely. And of course, as well as singing with the Patrick Adams Collective, you also wrote some songs, didn't you? One of which was Daybreak and Everything Man. Let's listen to that. Um, and uh, of course, then he um, he offered you your own deal, didn't he? Your own record. Yes, I was um, shocked, surprised, and of course, excitedly happy. Of course, yeah. Well, it turned out a disco anthem, didn't it? Night Rider was the title track of the album. And uh, that was a big Concrete Garage uh, track, as far as I, I'm told. Yes, yes, it was. And I was very blessed to have that opportunity. It took me to Italy, um, and I, I was the first time I had been out of the country, so it opened up the opportunity to leave the United States and to have an international experience. And I did a lot of television. Wow. Um, and I have, a, they just, someone sent to me on Facebook, me, at the age that I was doing uh-huh. that song in Italy, um, it's called Tilt. It was a just uh, like um, a disco show. All right. And uh, yeah, to see that, I almost didn't know who it was. When <laughs> I looked at it, I was so young. Brilliant. So, what do you say we play that record from the 1979 LP Night Rider? Here is the title track. Because uh, were, you, were you born and raised in New York City? Yes, I was. Fantastic. Oh, right. Uh, because, um, I mean, New York was the epicentre of disco. It really was the hub that sparked uh, a, a whole new genre. What was it like living in New York City in, well, at the start of that, in the mid-70s? Because you got um, world-famous venues like Studio 54 and uh, the Concrete Garage and people like La- Larry Levan. What was it like being part of it? Did it just... You know. Well, um, it was, uh, like I said, it was exciting. There was never a dull moment, and it was fast-paced. Right. You know, uh, just a lot of things going on. You'd go from one place to another to another where somebody was playing, or they were spinning somebody's record here, and, um, you know, you just, you were out all night. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing all night in your pumps. It Fantastic. was a wonderful experience, definitely. Um, I miss it sometimes. Oh, no. You, you, 
Not you, you wouldn't swap that for uh, Virgin Islands, would you? Not at that time, no. No. <laughs> Uh, right. I was young and full of energy, and that was the place to be. Absolutely. And another big track off the album was Shining. We're going to come back with that next. Um, so, I mean, as Pat, you said Patrick Adams kept you busy with uh, all of his studio projects, but you were also singing for um, other bands, weren't you? Delphonics, um, Discotheques. And you were on Herbie Mann's oh. album. <laughs> you really did your homework, just go check. This is this is select. this is yes. my genre. <laughs> that was an experience. Oh my gosh! All right, is there a story there? <laughs> oh, well, he was quite the character. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I probably shouldn't tell it all. <laughs> oh, if it's not broadcastable, let's not let's not have it. So. Yeah, he's still making music. I wouldn't want to do that to him. Let's just say um, it was an experience I hadn't had before. It was a learning experience, and it um, helped to form your stage presence. Yeah. Yes. Right, okay. We'll leave that there then. So at the risk of giving you a warm, nostalgic glow, here's Discotex and the Sex Alex. Get dancing. And so there's a sound of Herbie Mann then and Superman with the backing vocals of Venus Dodson. So um, you, you're coming, <laughs> we're coming into the 80s and tastes are changing, moving away from disco. What happened then? What happened um, to Venus Dodson? Where did, what did you do? Well, I did live. I went live. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always, see, during the whole disco time, I'm a jazz fanatic and, right. and had been a jazz musician even when I did the Knight Rider album. Uh-huh. I've always had my own band, I've always worked live, and I've always done original music as well as standards. So that's what I was doing even during that time. So once that settled down, I continued to work with some of the most incredible musicians in New York. Um, Richard Cummings, um, Leo uh, just I, I, right because I, I can't think of all the names mm-hmm. right now, but yeah. I say Richard Cummings because he's been working with me straight through up until this particular time with the last CD that I did, mm-hmm. and um, so I was always working, and I like to work live because you have that intimacy with, with the, the people audience. in the room, yeah. and you get to see them and watch their feet tap and their hands tap, and the feedback is wonderful. Well, that's it. So, yeah. And the atmosphere, so that, it generates the atmosphere, doesn't it? You get a rapport with the audience, and uh, and that serves to lift you as well. Great. Oh, my goodness, yes, yes. See, that's really what it's all about. It is that interaction that, um, and I'm glad I was able to do that, because a lot of time artists who are in the studio quite a bit don't get a chance to always have that experience. And it makes all the difference in the world, because then you know, you can see how you touch people with your music. Mm-hmm. And... It, it, it lets you know that you're there, that you're on the right track. It helps you to stay focused on what it is you want to share with people and uh, the stories you want to tell and the emotions you want to bring to them. And, of course, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity to try out new stuff and tell new stories. It's, it's just really great. I love live performance. Great. Because you are still performing now, aren't you? You're living in the Virgin Islands and... Um 
And uh, in fact, you've been uh, honoured by the uh, Board of Tourism, haven't you, for uh, for your performances? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I've won a couple of awards down here. Great. Uh, what they do sometimes is, yeah, uh, they let people vote for the Entertainer of the Year. Mm-hmm. Tourists have little cards in their rooms, and so um, I, I got that honor. And I've and I've worked with some really great musicians down here, as well. This was a very big jazz place when I came here, right? And so uh, it, it it just was, it was so exciting to open new uh, clubs. Uh, jazz was everywhere. We we had so many people, and I was able to go to France from here, uh, working in a place called the Blue Moon. All right. Uh, so came in from France, and they had a restaurant in Saint-Tropez and I wound up going there to work for a few months and doing, and I did the, uh, I did a concert there. And then I was the aperitif entertainment for another concert that uh, Lionel Hampton and seven other people jazz concert, because that was big in Saint-Tropez as well, jazz. Right. Okay. Let's just have a listen to one of your jazz tracks. Then this track is called easy. You've uh, you've also since since the Night Rider LP, the famous disco album, you've you've released four CDs, all jazz CDs. Yes, great. You really have in your I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> really impressed. <laughs> um, where where can people buy these? Well, uh, my latest one is on uh, CD Baby, Amazon, eBay, and it's called The Nature of Venus. Ah, lovely. Yes. Lovely. And I'm doing some standards. Uh, I do a lot of um, Brazilian music, so there's some bossa novas oh, on right. there, and uh, two of them, I, one of them, I wrote. Lovely. Well, I mean, um, "Mother of the Future." That's a lovely track. That appeared. That's Carlos Garnett from Panama. Mm. Mm, nice track. Yes, he's one of the top five saxophone players in the world. Wow. And I met him doing something with Patrick in the studio with Patrick is how I met Carlos. Mother of the Future is an outstanding song and it's so spiritual and so timely and yet ahead of its time even when it was made back then. Great. Well, that's the track that we're going to play out with. Um, So, uh, Venus, thank you so much for spending time with me this evening and sharing your memories. And um, I wish you all the very best with your new CD. Thank you so very much, and I really appreciate being on the show and you taking the time to do this interview and promote and let folks know that I'm still alive and kicking, doing music here in St. Croix. <laughs> Great. And uh, you can uh, buy or read more about Venus and buy music on imaramusic.com forward slash Venus. This is. And I, I, can so- I say I also have my own website, venusdotson.com. Excellent. Right, enjoy the rest of your All day. Right. Thank it's you a so pleasure. much. pleasure, my pleasure. And sweetheart, it's been wonderful. Thank you so very much. Oh, no, thank you. Pleasure's all mine. Good night. Good night.